0: Oh, I'm sorry, did I break your concentration?
1: Who are those guys?
0: I'm Galen, and I'm Doug,
1: and we're Those Movie Guys, bringing movie reviews and previews to the masses since 2007. Today is Sunday, June 24th, 2007. Today on the show, we have reviews of Angelina Jolie's new film, A Mighty Heart, we take a look at the documentary from last year, this film is not yet rated, and we take a look back on AFI's 10th anniversary episode of 100 Years 100 Movies and compare it to our list of the top 10 American films of all time. First we'll look at the theatrical release of A Mighty
0: Heart. With her breakout performance in 1999's Girl Interrupted, which won her the Oscar for Best Supporting Actress, everyone assumed that Angelina Jolie was an actress to expect great things from in the future. Unfortunately, that prediction hasn't been fulfilled yet, because while her performances are rarely bad, they frequently come in films that don't require her to flex her acting muscles. Even the best of them, such as Sky Captain and Mr. and Mrs. Smith, while very enjoyable, don't require the talents that Jolie showed herself capable of. Well, in a mighty heart, all that has changed. Jolie plays the role of Mariana Pearl, the wife of journalist David Pearl, who was tragically kidnapped and murdered while working in Pakistan in 2002. This role appears to have more depth than her previous efforts. But the question is... Does Jolie take full advantage of this, and does the film work
1: as a whole? I'm going to have to say no on both counts. (laughs) Um, Which is sad, because I love Angelina Jolie as much as anybody. But, you know, I'm going to start by saying what I liked, and this is really hard. But, I did like... There are moments in the film that provide some great insight into the cultural complexities of this region. I mean, you get a sense of this group of Arabs hate that group of Arabs, Mm -hmm. Indians hate Pakistanis and vice versa, and you get a sense of how muddled all of this is. It's just a complete quagmire of a situation. Quagmire. Okay. (laughs) Well, anyways... But it's a very complex thing. I liked how they showed that. Um, Another thing I found interesting was that the movie didn't have much of a musical score. Very, very little. Virtually
0: none. Maybe a little at the beginning and and a little at the end. Yes,
1: and I actually like that because I think music is often overused in films. I hate wall-to-wall music in a movie. I think it should be used like Hitchcock used it. You use it to bring an extra mood to the scene. You don't make it saturate the entire film to manipulate the audience up and down the whole time. First, I thought I was going
0: to disagree <laughs> with you, but now I'm not. I, yeah. I I don't like it totally void of music. Now, right. in this film, it works. There's certain films I think it calls for
1: it. Because it does this have film a documentary film, uh, film feel to it, yeah. even though it's not, and I think the lack of a musical score... Helps that. Now, that's what I liked about the movie. What I didn't like about it... Well, last week we talked about the difficulties in figuring out the <laughs> heist plot of Ocean's 13. Yes. This is probably only a thousand times worse. I agree. I, I You need a pack of hunting dogs and a Ouija board to figure out what the hell is going on in this film. I, there are so many people, so many different names, and I mean... This isn't a fair criticism maybe, but whenever there are names that are Arabic and Pakistani, they're difficult for an Anglo to remember just because they're not what we're accustomed to. Right. And you I lost track of okay, is Bashir the good guy or is he what did he set up Pearl? And I couldn't answer that even at the end of the film. And characters are dropped, like this one character will be set up for the guy that the, you think is the one who was responsible for Pearl's kidnapping. And then he just disappears. And you never hear from him again. It's just... It's really a mess. But I'll i will stop ranting and well, let you <laughs> pick up where I Mess
0: know. and quagmire kind of <laughs> explain my thoughts, too. First of all, I thought the acting in the film was the highlight. Really? Maybe there was one scene of yeah. that that I didn't quite We're going to have like. to
1: talk about that by the end. But but, yeah.
0: but the rest of it I thought was very strong. I thought she did a great job. I, I thought, thought it was so okay. did the other actors. <clears throat> what I had a problem with was all of the editing and the scenes feel very fragmented. And I think that kind of makes it hard yeah. to follow. Because they're throwing out all these names, and you don't have time to process them because it's cut to another scene. Yeah. It's a very rapid-paced <clears throat> film.
1: And it, it's... It's told a-chronologically to a certain degree. Right, that doesn't so, help No, it. it doesn't. And
0: and so you always feel, you know, you have the the characters in the film who are maybe two or three steps behind the the quote <laughs> terrorists, and then you have the audience, which is yeah. like ten steps behind. <laughs> yeah, the, yeah. The characters searching, and you never can catch up. Right. So, for me. That's where it fell apart. I, I thought the acting was good. I thought it made some good political statements like you were discussing yeah. about the Arab cultures and stuff. <laughs> and I liked the kind of the way it shows how the media definitely plays a part, you know, where statements are made. And if you don't immediately come out with your own statement to challenge it, people just take yeah. it for real. Yeah, yeah. And and I thought that came across well. Yeah, and also
1: an interesting criticism of how most journalists weren't doing. You know, you have David and uh, Ariana, or Daniel and Ariana Mariana yes. Pearl. Uh, yeah, I knew I'd get it right eventually. Uh, the, the, you have them, and they're doing what a journalist should do and in investigating political and social issues. Right. Whereas you have the rest of the media, which is just raking. Right, and what seems to really suck is most people
0: seem to believe the mudraking. Oh, yeah. And the, the legitimate, serious journalism that's published and
1: intelligent,
0: people just write Well, the
1: mudraking's sexy. I mean, right. you know, that's why people want to believe the mud raking because right. it's fun. Right. You know, people don't want to believe the the political and social problems that plague the world. And that's unfortunate, but that's just how it is. Um, Gang, you mentioned the acting. I wouldn't say that they were strong performances. I would say they're adequate. I, I, there were none that I would say were bad. But at the same time, I'm not going to say any of them deserve the Oscar either. Uh, well, I don't I,
0: think I would either. But. I would
1: just say, I think they were fair. I mean, it's not something that will you know, change your view of acting or anything like that. Well, but.
0: I guess maybe it's let down because this movie was kind of being touted
1: as, as Angelina Jolie's Jolene, yeah.
0: vehicle, yeah. And, and, you know, but I still thought the actors did a, a great job and I, I don't criticize them as much as you seem to in this yeah. film. What, what I didn't like were you mentioned about <laughs> the, the a chronological order. There's several scenes where she kind of reflects back Mm-hmm. to Dating in the early days of marriage between her and her husband. I thought they almost got too melodramatic and almost ruined the tone. Yeah.
1: Well, speaking of melodrama, I mean the scene where Jolie learns of her husband's, husband's death. death. That is was terrible. terrible. That
0: that was terrible. Yeah,
1: that that's probably among the worst acting you'll see this year outside of 300. <laughs> I mean, it it was bad. You know, when she first started screaming, I thought, okay,
0: this this could be a natural reaction. But the problem was, she kept screaming and screaming and screaming yeah. with the same exact tone. I it just it lost its.
1: I think it approached parody. I mean, it really it, did. It did. Yeah. I I mean, there it almost came to that point where you started laughing. You know, and it didn't quite get there. I think with a different audience, it would have, though. You know, I I think it's all dependent on that. And I'd love to hear viewers or listeners who have seen this movie, if any audience has actually laughed at that scene. Because I'm sure somewhere, some audience has. Because it just, it's so close to parody. Yeah, it is kind of a
0: more cliched type response, which... Um... I guess my final thought, though, I I did enjoy the ending. I mm. thought it was nice that you know you got to see her kind of move on. And in fact, from a technical standpoint, the final shot with the camera as she, she and her uh, son are so, walking yeah. down the city—I actually loved that shot. It was a great shot. It seems to the horizon yeah. seems to extend on that city. Well, I think there forever. are a lot
1: of pretty good shots in the film. Yeah, I mean, yeah, are, the
0: the cinematography is, is much better than the editing. Yeah. Although yeah. even some of the cinematography can get, like you said, almost film documentary style, so those handheld yeah, cams can yeah. can whip around. It's a little frantic. But with all that said, I'm going to split the movie down the middle. I'm going to give it a three. I think there is some good value to the film. I don't know that I would... Highly, I definitely wouldn't highly recommend it, but I do think audiences can get something out of it. I, I think a three is fair. Cool.
1: I'm going to give it a two. I, I think it's deeply flawed, and I think the political and social issues you could get out of it, just rent a documentary. I mean, another Michael Winterbottom film, uh, The Road to Guantanamo, is probably a good example of that, that is more a straight documentary. So, So that's what I would say. Okay, well, Doug, I think it's fair to say that we both hate the MPAA, which pretty much makes us just like every other critic. You always hear us bitching about why the movie rating system is unfair, broken, and just plain ridiculous. Unfortunately, the average film viewer, particularly parents, likely feel confused by these outrages. Aren't, after all, the ratings there to help us, so we know what movies are appropriate for what age groups? And hasn't the MPAA done a good job of that over the past 30 years? The answer to all these questions is an emphatic no. However, for those who want to understand why the system sucks, we finally have a film to suggest. This film is not yet rated, directed by Kirby Dick, no, he's not a porn star, explains in crystal clarity why we need a new rating system. What's more, he was partially... Partially successful since the MPAA recently announced slight changes to the rating system. I have the feeling this review will take the form of a rant duet more than an actual review, but let's get the important part out of the way first. Is this film any good?
0: The answer is yes, end of review, start <laughs> rant. <laughs> no, um, has the MPAA done a good job the past 30 years? Not just an emphatic no, it's an emphatic hell no. Yeah. I mean, this movie shows you truly how screwed up the system is, and it really shows you... You know, it almost reminds me, when they even kind of use this word in the film, it's like a fascist government. Yeah. They kind of dictate what goes on, and they have the power to make or break a movie. Yeah, Because a movie can be submitted, and if it gets a bad rating... Yeah, if a movie gets rating, an NC-17,
1: it's the kiss of death.
0: Dunmire, yep, it's gone. Because it, you have theaters that won't show it. You have retail stores that won't sell it. Yeah, Blockbuster won't
1: rent it. Right, so, yeah, Walmart won't sell it. Right. I, I mean, Walmart and Blockbuster are responsible for most DVD sales in this country. I think together it's like 60% it's, of the market. It is
0: a large margin.
1: And if you don't sell there, well, that's 60% of your pr- potential customers that you can't reach. And yeah, it. I would liken it not to a fascist government. I'd say it's kind of like the mafia, where you know everyone's expected to kind of toe this line. You know, <laughs> it's it's kind of secretive. You can't see into it. You right. know, it, it they is they don't worry And their rulings are final. And you know you're allowed to you're allowed to challenge a ruling, but you Which can't. Is pointless. Quote, yeah, you can't mm-hmm. quote precedent. So in other words, you can't say. Well, you say, I'm getting an NC-17 because I have this in my film. Well, this film from 10 years ago had this and only got an R. Now, the MPAA is changing that, but they... So they say. Well, yeah, and they they say they are, but they say they're still going to mainly count on context more so than precedent. And uh, to me, that doesn't work. It's just a really... You You were talking about the NC-17. Another thing that kills our theaters won't, won't even show. Right.
0: Well, you know, my other problem, too... Okay, so you have a panel here who rates these movies, but who are they to judge? As you'll find out in the film, you know, a lot of these candidates are divorced, yeah. or their children are in their 20s or 30s, yeah. so who are they now to judge... What's right? What's wrong? Why this movie is not fit for children? You know, in a lot of cases, when you're talking about drug abuse and you're talking about sex, I think, in a way, what's the problem with exposing our kids to that than, let's say, violence, you know, well. bloodshed, shooting, beating? and yet that stuff doesn't seem to garner the same type
1: of adult rating. I also think it's ludicrous that there's this belief that just because someone's a parent, they have any idea what's good for a kid to watch. I mean, I know parents who let their kids watch the Jackass movie, and they're like three or four years old. Yeah. I mean, I don't think that means... Just because you're a parent and have kids doesn't mean you know shit. And it was interesting whenever the head of the ratings board was asked about, you know, why don't you consult child psychologists and, and things like that. And he, he was proud that they didn't have experts. Right. And to me, wouldn't a child psychologist be the best one? Because they could say, at this age, a child is able to discern this, this, and this. Right. Therefore, that would be appropriate for that. To me, that would make sense rather than just having regular guys.
0: I agree. I mean, for me, if I, if I were going to change kind of the system... I would probably get rid of the ratings and have a board of people that watch the films, maybe point out the the suggestive things, you know, if there's violence, if there's nudity, if there's drug abuse, and kind of list that with the film. Don't give it a rating, an age rating. You know, let it up to the parents to actually... Parent the children yeah, I know. To, to what their kids are watching. Get involved with their lives.
1: That won't happen, though, because parents are lazy. Well, probably
0: not. So, but, but still, this form of censorship is not the right answer either.
1: No. Um, I, I don't think you necessarily need to throw out the rating system. I think one change that would need to be made is to force theaters and retailers to sell NC-17 films. Uh, Because as it is that I mean, because all you'd have to do is just card people, and and they do that for R-rated movies anyway. I don't see how it would cause any difference. Just make a rule that if you belong to the theater association, if you if you sell DVDs, you have to you have to sell them. At least for the major retailers and theater chains, you know, maybe not every single independent one. Right. When you mention independent.
0: That's really where this rating system cracks down on, is independent filmmakers, you know? The the big studios kind of almost get their way with it. Yeah. They're almost in, uh, they're in, pretty much, <coughs> in the mafia, to yeah. use your words, whereas it's... They're paisans. De- yeah, independent filmmakers <clears throat> really are the ones who have the most trouble trying to get a film submitted. Yeah. And... They're the most likely to get an NC-17 right. rating as well. For, for something very minor compared to yeah. another film backed by a major studio.
1: Yeah, it, it's really fascinating how that works. It it almost looks like it's a deliberate attempt by the studios to push out independent filmmakers. Uh, now, one of the changes the MPA has proposed is to allow independent filmmakers to serve on the board. But um, is, we'll see if that will be effective or
0: not. Yeah, it could be a help. One thing I don't understand, too, why does it have to remain so secret? Why yeah. can't the members on the review panel <laughs> be public? Yeah. You know, they say, oh, well, they don't want to be pressured by me. Yeah. And the, the but
1: every other ratings board in the world, world is public and they don't have that problem. No. In fact, probably the best rating board in the world is the ESRB, which rates video games. I mean, it's been praised by everyone worldwide, and it's public knowledge what they do, and it's very descriptive of what is in something and why it's getting the right. Rating it's and and you
0: know, it's funny you mention that because it almost <laughs> utilizes what I was thinking. You know, it it will give its rating and put yeah. like, animated violence or. Whatever else happens to be featured in the game.
1: Yeah, exactly. And I
0: think that's something you could do with movies. Then it might help you make an informed choice.
1: You know, another interesting rule that they've just proposed that we were talking about is that there's a new rule that movies that have people smoking in them, that will be considered for grounds to increase the rating that's of the film. That's
0: ridiculous.
1: Yeah, I mean, and, and just take this to the next step, does that mean Casablanca would be rated like PG-13 or R? I mean, in just about every film noir.
0: Oh, yeah, I that mean, was the thing. You had everybody smoking.
1: I yeah, know. I mean, there are film noirs where uh, people don't even stop smoking cigarettes. Even Literally, the, they have the one dogs going. and
0: cats serving as pets have <coughs> cigarettes in their yeah. mouths. Everybody has them.
1: Yeah, it's, it's totally ridiculous.
0: But. Yeah, to raise a rating because of that. Not to mention, probably 90% of the people who smoke started when? When they were probably 13, 12, yeah. or,
1: or 14, you know, early teen or pre-adolescent. Well, and is a film really going to make people smoke? I mean, I think that's another issue, too. I think there's way too much uh, credit given to the influence of film to alter behavior. Because y- people don't ever take the inverse of that. Like, if people watch a beautiful feel-good movie, something like Shawshank Redemption or something like that, they're going to become, like, humanitarians and philanthropists. <laughs> humanity. Yeah, so, I mean, I-, I guess all you have to do is show a bunch of hardened criminals Bambi, and they're going to go and do good and help right.
0: f- woodland plant flowers and yeah. plant trees and
1: it's it's ridiculous, because it just doesn't make sense. But, you know, that's the world we live in. But we've kind of been talking about uh, a lot of the, this from a liberal perspective of the sense of it damaging the artistic integrity of the film world. But, from a, even a conservative side, there's a danger. Because not only do filmmakers cut stuff out to get knocked down from an NC-17 to an R rating but there are many cases of people spicing up movies to make them go from G to PG or PG-13 right. because teenagers are one of the largest demographics, demographics for yes. film and they won't go see a G rated movie so you put a damn in there or a hell or a shit you get PG and then if you want PG-13 you know you Maybe have fuck one time yeah and and there you go, you get that rating and you get a bigger share of the demographic. And so it's also contributing to adding gratuitous sex violence and swearing in movies that aren't part of the artistic integrity right. of and, the product. And that would be, that to me is
0: something just as bad as censorship, to add that gratuitousness yeah. in it, just for the sake of bringing in a bigger because
1: audience. Because that, that hurts the artistic integrity just as much. I agree. So, it's really a ridiculous uh, system, and I think we can both agree that it needs to be changed. We could probably bitch about this forever. Right.
0: Uh, I'm going to do the... I want to make one point. This is actually going to kind of be a a critique on the film, okay, not just a rant. I didn't like some of the cheesy animations they used. You did? Some of them were funny, but, like, whenever he actually phones into the MPA and is speaking to get his film reviewed, this this documentary reviewed, yeah. the animation of the woman, I, I mean, it, it's it's too cheesy. I, I think it makes it too one-sided. Yeah. Uh, I think you could have left that go, and I think your point would have been stronger. Yeah. Because I mean... she actually, her response to a lot of his questions <laughs> damages her just as much as... True. what he's trying to prove.
1: Although no. the same thing is they don't even have... That's not even her voice. Right, it's, it, someone, it's someone else. So is... we don't know... Because obviously her tone was quite bitchy. Yeah. In in it, we don't know she actually had that tone, so that could have been changed too. I
0: guess you're right with that. Well, I still won't... It's a minor nitpick. I uh, still think it's a great <laughs> film. I think anyone who who likes to watch film...
1: Oh, yeah, this is a must-see for anyone who loves film. There's no question about it. Well, we're going to do this a little differently, Doug. Uh, First of all, I want to know what you would give this film is not yet rated out of five. But I also want to know what you'd give the MPAA out of five.
0: All right, well, our scale doesn't drop low enough (laughs) for the MPAA. I'm going to give them a half. Okay. All right, I'll give them some credit. I'll give them a half. (laughs) As far as the documentary,
1: it gets a four and a half. Yeah. I'm going to give the documentary a four. and I'm, Although that's a more emphatic four than usual, because I do think it's a must-see. And I'm going to give the MPAA a zero. <laughs> so, there you go. There's our reviews of the MPAA, and this film is not yet rated. Alright, now it's time for our final segment of the show today. Well, last week, if you listened, you heard us count down our top ten favorite American films of all time. And this was in honor of the AFI 100 Years 100 Movies list that came out for the 10th anniversary of the series this past Wednesday. So what we thought we'd do is go back, look at what we had and what they had, And compare the two and see where they went wrong and why we're smarter than AFI is.
0: Right, but before we start pitching, I'll go over right now quickly AFI's top ten movies. At number ten was The Wizard of Oz. Number nine was Vertigo. Eight was Schindler's List. Number seven was Lawrence of Arabia. Number six was Gone with the Wind. Number five was Singing in the Rain. (laughs) Number four was Raging Bull. Number three was Casablanca. Number two was The Godfather. And, of course, number one remained Citizen Kane. So, Galen, what do you think? Did they get it really wrong? Somewhat wrong? Did they get it right? Heaven forbid. Well,
1: I think they got a lot of it right. Um... Do you want to talk about our general thoughts on the list before we get down to the top ten? Does that sound good? Go ahead. Alright. <clears throat> I would like to say that there were a number of great additions and great removals for the, for the list. I think, overall, they did a better job than not. Uh, some of the movies that were added that I thought were great were Bustin' Keaton's The General, Intolerance by D.W. Griffith, Sunrise, which was on my top ten list, uh, Shawshank Redemption, In the Heat of the Night, and Twelve Angry Men. I, I think those are all fantastic films, and they really deserve to be on that list. When you had commented, <laughs> I think
0: last week you would have liked to have seen more silent films. Yeah, for recognition.
1: and we certainly saw that this year, and I, I think a big part of that is DVD allows restorations of these older films so that more people can see them who probably never have seen them before. I mean, uh, City Lights, the Chaplin film, was on the list ten years ago, but it it was it, moved it was up much 65 lower. Yes. places. and this year it was number eleven. So that that just goes to show you. I, I have to think it was because of the Chaplin collection that was released on DVD. Yeah. Um, some movies that got removed that I thought were great that for taking them off because I didn't think they belonged there. <laughs> Where, uh, All Quiet on the Western Front, which I think is a horrible piece of melodrama. It's it, People love that film, but it's completely overrated. Dances with Wolves, which <laughs> I is hate just that ridiculously <laughs> stupid. And Dr. Zhivago, which is basically a Danielle Steele novel brought to the film. So what did you like about the list?
0: Well, I don't have a whole <laughs> lot to complain about with the list, um... Like you said, if anything due to the advent of DVDs being mainstream, people will get to see classics restored and, and that's what I'm looking forward to. You know, probably the difference between you and I and, and criticism is you've seen many more classics than what I have. i have mainly stuck with more modern. My experience with classic film has been limited to what I saw and learned in college. Yeah. So I'm hoping to Expand my range of films here, and then I look forward to seeing some of these classics. In yeah. fact, I think I had some on my uh, top five list we did several yes, weeks yes. ago. I had a couple others though that I had to wonder why they got on the list. Uh-huh. Um, one was Toy Story. Yeah, you know i I, I don't think it did <laughs> the computer animation as well as other films have. I don't think it's story. It was the
1: first, though. Yeah,
0: but just because it's the first, that means it still should be good, and yeah. I didn't think Toy Story was. Maybe it was Randy Newman. That oh, him, but... God. Well, he
1: he's, he's murdered a lot of Disney's films of late, but I don't know. I, Toy Story, I agree with you. I don't particularly care for it, but I can't deny that a lot of people love it. And legitimately love it, too. Not the fake love that we will probably get to (laughs) later. But, um... (coughs) You know what I'm talking about. Yeah, yeah. But... Because, I mean, there are... I I think Toy Stories, in a lot of ways, is, like, the younger generation's Aladdin. Or Beauty and the Beast. Um, I agree. I wish, actually,
0: (coughs) maybe one of my gripes... I wish more animation would appear on their list. Yeah. You know, they kind of shun that, and I think... Most of America does too. They kind of think, "Oh, animated—that's for kids." Because what was I don't on want to there? Watch it.
1: Uh, Toy Story and uh, and Snow White. Yeah, and that was and it. That's it. And there I, wasn't a whole lot last time either. But I uh, agree with you there. Um, another
0: movie I think I would maybe boot off is The Sixth Sense. Yeah, I wasn't. Yeah, thrilled with that. I'm not a, an M Night Shyamalan fan.
1: Well, I totally No, agree. I would
0: say probably The Sixth Sense was the best.
1: Yeah, and that's a total what-the-fuck <laughs> type of addition. Because why... The Sixth Sense is Shyamalan's best film. And it's a pretty good film at that. But does it deserve the to be... top 100? Yeah, I yeah. Mean, it's not one of the 100 best American films no. of all time. And again, time. like that's Toy ridiculous. Story, it didn't
0: score high. Toy Story came in at 99, and Sixth Sense <clears> was 89. But... Still, though... Here is
1: my ultimate groaner.
0: (laughs) Titanic.
1: Yeah. Come on, people. Yeah, because nobody has had any desire to watch that movie since it came out. It's like three
0: and a half hours long.
1: I I don't know what mesmerized some people to go back to the theaters and see it, what, seven, eight times? Well, I think a lot of that was the Desperate Housewife phenomenon where, you know, (laughs) they just it's seriously cuz i mean i i talked about doctor jivago being a being a uh Daniel Daniel Steel Steel novel. novel that's exactly what titanic is i mean cuz if you want a decent love story there are tons of more out there that are decent and really moving titanic isn't moving i mean they just have bad luck there's not <laughs> yeah and bad luck's not trash you picked
0: the wrong ship exactly
1: <laughs> And, you know, something that whenever a couple is kept apart, it should be because of the choices they make. And that's what makes it moving. I mean, you look at a Casablanca. Rick and Elsa are kept apart because of the choices they make. You know, they're kept apart in Titanic, Jack and I I forget uh, Kate Winslet's character's name. They're kept apart just because of bad luck. God hates them, well, not, and that's
0: basically it. Not to mention, I had so many problems with the movies, the, the characters in general. I mean, the villain of the movie they made just a total prick. Oh, yeah,
1: he's a cartoon It was
0: a complete cardboard cutout.
1: I expect him to start tying people to railroad tracks. He just probably <laughs> couldn't find any on a ship. And,
0: and you know, Leonardo DiCaprio's character <clears throat> and Kate Winslet's character, I just didn't believe their love. Yeah. You know, and so to me, yeah, when the ending came, it wasn't tragic at all. I was probably even snoring by an hour and a half into it. Yeah.
1: And a much more interesting way to go with that would have been to make uh Billy Zane's character likable. Make right. him a good guy, she just doesn't love him. That's reason enough for her to prefer to be with Jack. Right. And, and it I think the made audience
0: it... could associate more yeah. with her struggle.
1: Because it would have made it a more difficult decision to make. It's not like, oh, there's this asshole, or there's this <laughs> nice guy, and and just my parents want me to be with the asshole. It's, you could say, well, this is a nice guy, and I'd be happy with him, he would try to make me happy, but, I don't love him. I love this guy. And that would have been such a better story. I agree. But, unfortunately, they told the wrong one. Right. Another issue with Titanic is, because, I mean, I know I said how people love Toy Story, and I know people will say that, but Titanic is a movie that people say they love, but they, I don't think they do. Because, yeah, there were people who went to see it like 12 times in the theater, but how many people have rushed to buy it on DVD since? How many people even talk about it yeah, anymore? Yeah, yeah. It's, it's truly ridiculous. I hope in the next 10-year anniversary it's gone. And,
0: and I think Leonardo DiCaprio has grown so much oh, as he an has. actor. You know, he, I think he can put this film behind him.
1: Yeah, yeah. I don't think he needs to think about this.
0: To finish off some <laughs> of my gripes, I wish movies like Silence of the Lambs and Shawshank Redemption... Would be higher. They placed at yeah. 72 and 74.
1: You're right. They were a little low. And, and
0: thanks to my ninth grade English class, I really wish they would take off the movie Shane. Because oh, I freaking Shane! hate that movie. Shane! I hate it. I hate it. And it placed at 45. But that, I guess mm-hmm. that's maybe more of a personal gripe.
1: Yeah, I had some issues with movies they removed that... But... Especially when you look at they made room for Titanic and Sixth Sense by removing these. Yeah. Uh, Because we talked about hundred are these really the hundred best? Well, these are all better. Amadeus, they took off the list, which is absurd. Amadeus (laughs) is one of the best movies of the 80s. Uh, Fargo, which is a much better film than Titanic or Sixth Sense. Uh, From Here to Eternity, which is a great older movie. My Fair Lady, which I think is the second best musical of all time, behind Only Singing in the Rain. Mm-hmm. Which, this list did kind of give the shaft to all musicals. Because Singing in the Rain made it, but I think that was the only one.
0: Uh, yeah, and I think it even fell a couple places.
1: <laughs> even though oh no, I hard. there was a there was a Fred Astaire and Ginger Rogers one, Swing Time. Oh, I it didn't see that. It was on the list, but other than that. But it was down. It I was, it, it was. was like uh, I, the 70s yeah. or something. So, uh, and then Padden, one of my top ten. I couldn't believe that they took Padden off the list. Patton is, like, a hundred times better than Titanic or Sixth Sense. It's just, and it's a lot better than most of the movies that I wouldn't necessarily disagree with putting on the list. That's why it was in my top ten. Well, getting to
0: the top tens, again, I don't have tons to bitch about here. Some of mine that didn't make well, the AFI's list are no surprises to me. Sin City, of course, I knew. Oh, would, God. Would well, never... well, Sin
1: City, though, is, wouldn't have qualified because it right. was uh, too recent of a release. I agree. Because it was uh, only up till 2005, I think.
0: But even still, I was a little upset <laughs> that Planes, Trains, and Automobiles yeah. and Who Framed Roger Rabbit, they're not even on anywhere. And I thought Who Framed Roger Rabbit especially was a groundbreaking film. I mean, yeah. to to mix animation and live action the way they did and make such a good film out of it. Well, you know? I
1: think Planes, Trains, and Automobiles, too, is a fantastic I comedy. And I think it's a shame because it always gets shafted. But you know who didn't shaft it is Roger Ebert. He actually has included it in his great movies list. So well, I agree with you. At him. least he recognizes like it. it.
0: But a lot of my films actually, you know, the Indiana Jones I placed at 10. Raiders of the Lost Ark did make the list. E.T. made it at 24 on AFI. Um, I had Raging Bull at 5 and Singing in the Rain at 4. AFI just reversed it. Um, I had Star Wars at 3. It just missed AFI's top 10. If I have to make a big criticism, it's I placed Rear Window at number two. It was 48 on <laughs> yeah. AFI,
1: behind Shane of I all the movies.
0: I couldn't stand that.
1: Well, I was kind of. Because the only Hitchcock to get in the top 10 was Vertigo. And, I could and it see. moved up 50 some places to get there. And I could I didn't see get that. I could see them deciding to only put one Hitchcock in the top ten. I I get that
0: many of his films <coughs> made the list. Oh yeah,
1: three but, I believe. But um, Vertigo
0: was the only one to make the top ten.
1: But yeah, and I Vertigo is good, but I think Psycho is better. I think Rear Window is better. I think North by Northwest is. I'm sorry, four made the list because North by Northwest also made it. I think all three. I, I don't know. I mean, I know Vertigo is kind of the critic's choice for the best Hitchcock, but. I think the best is Rear Window. I agree. Um, Also, Notorious didn't make the list. Notorious always gets shafted, and I love that movie so much. I think it's one of Hitchcock's best. It's really fantastic. Um, Another, uh, we talked about Padden that got snubbed that I had on my top ten list. Uh, Also, Roger and Me was the third film not snubbed. Oh, not I'm sure they
0: love snubbing Michael Moore.
1: Well, you wouldn't think they would, because you know, that's a pretty liberal crowd that's voting, <laughs> but I don't know. But anyways, uh, the ones that made my both of our top tens were Citizen Kane. That was, which was number one all the way around yeah. AFI and us. Uh, the Godfather, which was very close in mine and theirs, and Casablanca, which was, all. it was two on my list and three on there. Oh no! I believe your window is too. online. I can't recall. But uh, <coughs> anyways, uh, the only three I I strongly disagreed with on AFI's list, I Gone with the Wind in the top ten. Mm-hmm. It's so overrated. Uh, you know, it's not a bad film, but at the same time, it doesn't. The characters aren't interesting. I don't know why people find Scarlet interesting she's basically a selfish brat and she never grows i mean she never really changes i you can argue it the in the final scene she realizes the folly of her ways but i doubt if she would ever really change because there were other scenes where she kind of vowed that she would change and stop being a spoiled brat and she never does (laughs) i mean she gets exactly what she deserves and to me, that doesn't make for... It It can make for good tragedy, but Gone with the Wind isn't a tragedy. Uh, Schindler's List, I think, is a good movie, but top ten American films of all time, I think that's pushing it. Wizard of Oz, another oh, one. Oh, yeah. Totally. Uh, I'm unrelated. not
0: sure why... That guy. I mean, yeah, it's cute and it's fun, and and I love the movie. But, oh,
1: I never liked it.
0: Oh, really? Yeah,
1: even as a child, oh, I thought see, it was bizarre. It was
0: more of, I guess, a family thing that got instilled. We, we always used to go up to my grandmother's and watch the film every year as a, when I was a kid. So I guess it always has that special place in.
1: Well, see, we did but that too, but I hate my ten. family, oh, so that's oh. the difference. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Getting together with the family wasn't the best well, thing Well, and that sort of sentimental but shit won't put it in the top ten nah. for me, but... Uh, another issue I wanted to say, and this is a side point on Titanic, is <laughs> whenever they were talking about putting on the list, one of the critics actually said, it's the Casablanca of our day. Oh. And it's like, you can't even compare the Knife two. through the heart. It's blasphemy, and I think we need to stone him to death. (laughs) So that's our commentary on AFI's list. We'd love to hear yours. Make sure you email us and let us know what's going on with that. Okay, next week we have some interesting stuff coming out. To theaters, we have the new Pixar film, Ratatouille, which looks like it might be interesting. I'm not sure if we'll go see that or not. We also have Michael Moore's documentary, Sicka, which I think is high on our list to, of movies we want to see. Definitely, if we get that, that's what you can expect us to review <laughs> next week. Uh, also coming out is the preeminent chick flick, Evening, which stars Meryl Streep and others. I can't Tony Collette, it's in it. Oh, okay, yeah. yes, I do know what that is. <clears throat> Definitely looks like a huge chick flick, so we'll see about that. I doubt if we'll check that out. And then, unfortunately, we have the fourth Die Hard movie, Live Free and Die Hard. So, Poor Bruce Willis. Yeah, Bruce Willis has (laughs) fallen of late. But that's alright, we still love him. Uh, Coming on DVD is much more exciting, though. We have Black Snake Moan coming out Tuesday.
0: Everyone. (laughs) Everyone. All five people listening to this show need to go out and get that Yeah,
1: uh, if you want to check our review of Black Snake Moan, go back to our very first episode and check it out. We, we both highly recommend it. We also have, on a much lower note, Shooter, starring Mark Wahlberg as a sniper. So, a little more lowbrow for you there. Uh, then we have two interesting-looking movies that you might not have heard of. One's Darwin's Nightmare, which is a documentary about a uh, African village where they're basically fishing, and all their fish they send to Europe. And so the community is starving as a result of that. And so it, it's very highly rated on Rotten Tomatoes, so I'm eager to check that out. And then we have Behind the Mask, The Rise of Leslie Vernon, which is kind of a slasher comedy where Leslie Vernon is supposed to be this murderer that this documentary film crew is following around. It's kind of set up like a mockumentary, so it looked kind of funny. Those are two that you might want to check out if you want something a little bit outside the mainstream. Which I guess Black Snake Moan fits in that category as well. Ten people saw it. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, So next week on the show, as I said, we're going to try to review SICKO if we can. If not, we'll review something else equally good. We promise, or equally bad. Mm -hmm. It will be fun to listen to us though. Either way, then we're going to review the DVD release of Bridge to the Bridge to Terabithia. And then we're going to have our mid-year review of film. We're going to give awards to the best films and the worst of 2007 so far. Okay, that's all for today's show. If you would like to review any of the ratings that we gave the movies that we covered today, please visit thosemovieguys.blogspot.com. There you can find more in-depth reviews, our star ratings, as well as links to items that we may have covered in the show. Plus, you can subscribe to our feed.
0: Also, you can visit Google Groups at groups.google.com. And when you're there, search for Those Movie Guys. You can post a message to our forums. And you can also email us at thosemovieguys at gmail.com. It's thosemovieguys
1: at gmail.com. We look forward to any feedback that you can give us about why we're retarded.
0: I do wish we could chat longer, but I'm having an old friend for dinner. Bye.